0: Psalm 46, verse 10. Verse 10 goes Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. He said, Be still. I want to talk to you about being still this this evening. And before you leave today, it's the purpose of why we've gathered that no matter what condition you're in right now, we want to make sure that when you leave, you leave refreshed, you leave stronger. When you have an encounter with God, there's just no way that you leave and it's like, wow, what a waste of time. You got to make sure that when you encounter God, you encounter life. Amen? And there's some in this room, when we were talking a while ago about when you go through things, you're not alone when you go, you go through things. And as you go through those things, what is sad is that there's a lot of people that just, they wing it. They just pretend everything's okay, and, and they try to look good and strong, and, but they're not. And then there are others, they try to compensate because they're not feeling real good, they go wild, they go partying, they go drugs, they do everything just to compensate, but it just doesn't deal
1: with the root issue. What we don't want you to do today is sweep things up. The only way you won't be lonely is there's someone who fills you on the inner. Human love. Sheila and I have tried it. It falls short. For God def- All the love in the world, like Solomon. still find an emptiness somehow
0: fulfilled persons as you see them in the world you find them suddenly committing suicide you wonder why would somebody so successful so wealthy so applauded end up depressed or running into drugs or killing themselves because they haven't found the answer The answer is only found in God. And to many in the world,
1: they think, well, God, that's just a cop-out. I thought people that. But if you look. They were. Slaughtered, they were thrown into they believed that that wasn't a weak faith there are some the answer that on the screen if this ask can you imagine the
0: foolishness of prayer that he's such a sovereign God that he always gets his way Do you ever wonder why even pray? Why pray? What in the world is prayer? Talking to God. Why should I even pray if God knows everything and God can get his way in everything? Why should I pray? You ever thought about the foolishness of prayer? Excuse me, have you ever thought about how foolish prayer is? And then Jesus tells us to pray and he himself prays. Now, if Jesus prays to his Father, don't you think you and I need to pray? Okay, we know we need to pray because Jesus prayed, but why pray in the first place? It goes right back to the Scriptures in the very beginning when God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And then he says something there, let them have dominion over all the earth. It's amazing. He said, let them have dominion. So if God wants to do anything over the earth, He does it through them, which is man. In other words, if he were to do it by himself without man, he would violate the very words that he spoke. Let them have dominion over the earth. The devil comes along to try to take that dominion away from us, but the dominion over all the earth was given to mankind when God said, let them subdue the earth and have dominion. So everything God does, you notice, he uses man. I mean, I know he does miracles, and maybe you have seen a miracle. Maybe you are a miracle. But when the Red Sea needed to be parted, it was the power of God that parted the Red Sea. God told Moses, lift up the rod. Why do you have to lift up a rod as if it was like, okay, this is the power that will part the Red Sea? No. It was the power of God that parted the Red Sea, but he needed man to do something. Moses, would you lift up the rod I will part the Red Sea. Because he said, let them have dominion. And so apart from prayer, apart from mankind, God doesn't really move unless you and I do something. Strike the rock so the water will flow. What does striking the rock have to do with the water flowing? A river flows out of a rock to feed two million people who are thirsty? Do you think the river could have just existed without Moses striking the rock? Definitely, yes. But then he already gave the dominion to mankind and said, let them have dominion. And so when we participate in what God says he wants to do, everything he does, he does it through us. And that's why when he wanted to come and save the world, he had to make Jesus man. Because God's not going to work without man. He shared it to us. How many of you know whenever God speaks, When God spoke the word, he limited himself to the word. Now, you want to sit down and criticize us about that word, limited. You have to understand when God speaks something, he now has to do exactly what he himself said. Like I said to you before, when I told my little boys on Saturday afternoon, we're going to go out to the movies. Don't make an appointment with your friends. We're not going to clean up the house Saturday afternoon. We're going to go to the movies. The moment I released those words to my children, I limited myself on a Saturday afternoon to do only what I said I would do. That means if my friends say, hey, uh, can we go out? We'll race some, let's drag race. You know, I say, I can't do that today because I, I committed to my sons that I'm going to go out with them Saturday afternoon to the movies. The moment I spoke those words to my children, I limited my activities to what I spoke. He spoke a lot here. Amen. God will always abide by his word. As soon as the word was spoken and written, he can't go outside of his word because that's what his word said. Amen. It's not like a limit limited himself he's powerless no that's what he wanted to do when he spoke it he was now bound by his own word and you and I are to walk in that word whenever we walk in the word and we pray to God Lord you said we would go out to the movies on Saturday didn't you God then God now because of our prayer as we claimed what he promised activates what he said he would do crazy thought have you ever prayed and your prayer didn't get answers? Okay, it's either you've never prayed or all your prayers got answers. Have you ever prayed? Yeah? Okay, have you ever prayed, oh God, would this person come into my life and and she did? Never? Have you ever prayed, God, that person come into my life and they never did? God, if not that person, then this person. Lord, anyone along? You ever prayed and got an answer? Church, yeah? Have you ever prayed and you didn't get an answer? Okay, that seemed to be louder. God doesn't, isn't obligated by meeting our needs. He will not answer needs. He will answer faith. If he, if he is a God who answers needs, my God, he's a miserable God because he's failing a lot. There's people dying, people being tortured right now. Uh, there's wars going on. There's shortages, there's riots, there's disease. What kind of God is that who doesn't meet needs because God is not obligated to answer needs, but he does answer faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. When I hear God saying, Yeah, we're going out to the movies on Saturday. (laughs) He will commit to what he said. Faith is hearing the word of God. He doesn't answer prayers because you need it. He answers prayers because you heard him say it. He's obligated to his word. But then there's a lot of people who go through a lot of rough stuff. And when you go through rough stuff, Psalm 46 tells you this be still. Are you there? Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. In other words, people, if you don't know how to be still, you will not know how to know God. You want to know God? Got to learn how to be still. Now, still isn't a yogi in his lotus position humming Mm, being still in fact it's hard to be still the translation of being still though isn't in English be still the real translation of being still is actually it means release let go relax one word even says sink sink in other words, be still. Know that I am God. But when you and I go through trials, a lot of people go through a lot of stuff. Who knows? It might be cancer. It might be bankruptcy. It might be someone was unfaithful to you. It might be an emptiness, a brokenness. It's so easy to be anxious. Ever been anxious? Oh, yeah. It's so easy to worry. Here's some verses for you. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. How does that go? It says, Don't be anxious about anything. You got that? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And then it goes on to say, And let the peace of God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus Matthew chapter 5 chapter 6 verse 27 which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature of course that's an, that's an old measurement a cubit is from the man's elbow to the tip of his middle finger uh, obviously it's not a very accurate cubit because your cubit might be longer than somebody else's cubit But a more modern translation is Can you add an inch to your height by worrying? Does worrying make you any better? Does it make you any bigger? But obviously, everyone in this room has worried. Yeah. Everyone in this room has been anxious. And you prayed. You expected answers to prayer. But you said sometimes you don't get answers to prayer. So, what do you do when you pray? You're expecting an answer. And he said he would. And somehow he didn't. Whose fault is it now? See, the reason why people don't pray is because they don't get answers. Because if you got answers every time you prayed, you'd be praying a lot. And in most churches, the most boring meeting is the prayer meeting. Where a bunch of losers get together and just cry out to God and whimper and whine. And then nothing happens. And why the, the numbers dwindle, it's because... The ones that are left are just the ones who are long-suffering. But I want to tell you, if I get answers to prayer, I pray more. Yeah? If every time you prayed, you got an answer, don't you think you'd be praying a lot? You're pathetic today. Are you okay? If every time we just prayed, is instantly, like a genie, God would just, your wish is my command. We'd be praying all the time. The reason why we don't pray all the time is because every time we ask, we don't seem to get, most of the time, we don't get our answers. God is not obligated to answers and our needs. He is obligated to faith. And if He would tell us and we heard Him and we spoke it back to Him, we make that loop of God telling us, and Lord, You said we would go out to the movies on Saturday and I bring it back to You. Then we get that commitment going. Then we see answers. But like we said, we've prayed, we've worried, we've been anxious, we've been anxious, and we've had unanswered prayers. And here's what he said, you be still, and you will know that I am God. So if I can't be still, I will not know God. Be still, and know that I am God. How do I do that, Lord? The translation wasn't really be still. The translation was let it go you'll know me my little boy was hanging from a branch of a tree one day and playing and didn't know how to get down so he's dangling on the branch and it wasn't that high but when you're a little boy this is high okay? in fact nothing's high you, you see somebody jump off the cliff into the rocks that's not I can do that except when you're up there How many of you know the distance looking down up, looking up to something when you're down here doesn't seem the same when you're up there looking down? How many of you have ever, yeah, I can jump from that. That's that's easy. That's not so high. Then you go up and it's like, I don't feel so good right now. I said, let go. I'll catch you. I mean, I basically am touching his feet already. But let go. I'll catch you. No, daddy, I'm scared, I'm scared. Let go, I'll catch you. In other words, be still, I got you. You won't know me till you let go. Would you rather hold on to the branch and dangle there when I can assure you I've got you? And said, you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. He had to trust me more than he had to trust the branch or his grip on the branch. And when he let go, of course, I caught him. What a mean dad. Splat. <laughs> no dad's like that. And every dad's done that to his little kid. Kids on the table, the kid jumps, and you know, daddy's got you. You know, you're in the pool, kids on the outside, and he said, Dad, I'm going to jump. Okay, jump, jump. I'm gonna. No dad will ever let the kid jump and Blubber in the water and help. <laughs> you believed. Now, what kind of heavenly father would ask you to be still? And jump. And as you jump, he didn't catch you. Be still. Let go. Doesn't mean I don't care anymore. It means. I'm not going to trust myself anymore. I'm going to trust that you will catch me. Lord, 68 years old. Nobody's married me yet. I've been praying all my life. But you never let go. You did it all in your own strength. And you never got the answer. Did God assure you you would get married? Oh, yeah, he assured me he'd get married. Okay, you heard his voice? Yeah, he did. Did you tell him about it? Yeah, Lord, you said, well, I'm 68. Let go let go doesn't mean I don't care it doesn't mean like okay I don't care I'm just going to stay at home somebody's going to knock on the door and say I am the one God sent who would marry you no you need to go out of the house let go doesn't mean you don't do anything let go is you don't, you're not anxious you're not worried you're trusting him I don't know what it is that you need to be still with let go and know that I am God if you want to know God You got to be still you don't know how to be still you won't know how to know God there was a time when our son was a little boy he was still little I mean now now he's big there's a time when my little boy you know when a little boy is little you can still bite their feet yeah one day it's like (laughs) he's grown up okay he was still little, little enough that I would bite his feet. Got dengue, nobody knew what dengue was. We just got into the ministry and the church wasn't the type of church that would help us pay our bills. And I didn't want to ask my dad, but we needed, we needed to check out and so the resources weren't enough. Nah, the money wasn't enough. So I called my dad and I said, I really need some help here. Um, we need to check out, and I lack this much. And he says, okay, don't worry, I'll send it over. The assurance that he would send the payment over for what I lacked as the balance to the payment, the moment that he said, okay, I'll send it over, I put the phone down. In those days, they didn't have phones in the rooms. You had to go to the nurse's station and and look at a cranky nurse and plead that if you could use the phone then pay two pesos just to make a call that was her sideline and so after I put the phone down there was such a peace <sighs> that we were going to check out I went back into the room and I told Sheila I'm good we're going to check out let's pack up he said how are you going to do it I said don't worry it's taken care of, cared of do you know the money wasn't there yet? The money didn't arrive till after lunch. That was like 8 o'clock in the morning. It didn't arrive till 2 o'clock. But between 8 and 2 o'clock, I had such a peace because I knew the dad who used to catch me when I'd jump into the pool, the dad when I was a little kid and I'd jump off the table and he would catch me, the, the kind of dad who would catch me if I were dangling from the branch is the same father who would said, okay, I'll send the money over. There was such a peace as I let go the situation into his hands, and he says, I'll send it in the afternoon. It wasn't from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. It was not six hours of anxiety and worry. It was not. It was just peace that surpasses all understanding that guarded my heart and mind in Christ Jesus that I just knew. There's a father, my earthly father said he would send it over. And he did as good. But there are some fathers maybe, who would not fulfill their promise. What do you do when you believe and you release your faith and then you don't get the answer? Because you said a while ago, you prayed and sometimes you get answers. And some of you prayed and you don't get answers. And then we said, God is not obligated to answer your needs. He answers your faith. Hebrews chapter 11 is a very sobering chapter. First of all, it starts out, it sets you up. The hall of fame of believers. These are the most full of faith people. Starts out in verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So if it's evidence, if faith is evidence of something seen, therefore faith can be seen. Because faith is an action of what you believe. Did you hear that? It means to say that if you believe, then you have to act on it. That's faith. The acting of what you believe on is faith. Amen. We told you, if you believe God told you that He would give you a car... Don't sit there and wait. That's not faith. Faith is, well, I'm going to build a garage because the garage is my action to what I believe when God said he would give me a car. God says, yeah, you're going to get married? Don't sit there and start looking ugly, neglecting yourself. Fix yourself up. By doing that, that is faith. I'm expecting someone to come along who will be pleasing to me, and I will be pleasing to them. So faith is an action. It's an evidence. Look how it goes in, in verse 2. By, for it, by the, the elders, rather, obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds, the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which were seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith, and here's the roster of the Hall of Famers. Abel By faith, offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Verse 5 By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. Verse 6 But without faith, it is impossible to please God or to please Him. Verse 7 By faith, Noah. Being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark. So, when God told Mo, Noah, judgment was going to come, I'm going to flood the earth, it's going to rain 40 days, he started building an ark because the building of an ark was the action of what he believed he heard, and that's faith. How many of you know you can get ridiculed by your faith? What's that old man doing? Building, building a, an ark or a ship, a boat on the hills. And then by faith in verse 7 being divinely warned things not yet seen moved with godly fear he built an ark by faith in verse 8 Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would not re- he would rather receive as an inheritance get out of your country out of your father's house to a land that I will show you and he started walking to the land by faith by faith in verse 9 he dwelt in the land of promise dwelling in the tents Verse 10, he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah, his wife, herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was well past her age, past her age because she judged him faithful. Can you imagine that. thats what The father of faith is Abraham. His wife, Sarah, they're all shriveled up and old. And God said, you know what, Abraham, you're going to have a child He goes home, tells his wife, guess what? God just told me we are going to have a child. Looking at Sarah can cancel your faith. Seriously? Come on. Have you ever looked at a situation in prayer, your faith was strong, and then you looked at a situation and your faith kind of dwindled? Hello? Hello? talks to God. God talks to him. You're going to have children. He goes, Whew, I'm going to go to my tent. Opens the tent to tell Sarah. Guess what, Sarah? Never mind. I forgot. Oh, you're so old. You're forgetful. That's no, not that. It's, you don't inspire faith. <laughs> but God spoke to Sarah too. When Abraham spoke, it was as if God's words were speaking to her. and She laughed at the idea. I got a feeling, Sarah, tonight's going to be a good night. Tonight's going to be a good, good night. Oh, yeah, I got a feeling. Girl. It's hard to say girl. By faith, Sarah herself also receives strength to conceive. Can you imagine these people? They were in impossible situations. Maybe like yours. Ever been through an impossible situation? Come on. Doctors said, you know, it's not going to work. You can bring her home now and just take care of her. We've done everything. We've could do (laughs) we heard those words several times from doctors Joe go home we've done everything we could do just make him feel good at home what a feeling of hopelessness you you pack your stuff in the hospital and then we had to drive my father home or my mother home or my brother home it was like And that is a sad drive to go home when the doctor tells you we've done everything we could do, just take care of the one you love. But we have faith. God doesn't answer needs, He answers faith. Be still and know that I am God. Don't be anxious about anything. Can worry add to your stature? And so these people had faith. Do you have faith? Have you ever been through an impossible situation? Will all of us go through an impossible situation one day in our lives? When the tubes are in our nose and in our wrists and in our feet and out of our bowels, and, and God said He would heal you, and the doctor said He can't heal you? There will be one day God will just say, I can't keep healing you. You got to come home. Because the only way you're going to come and know God is you got to let go of earth and life on earth to know Him. Look at these people. Abel, Enoch, Moses, Abraham, Sarah. They were all people who walked in faith. But this verse wipes you out. Verse 13. These all died in faith. It sounds like a fantastic phrase to say these died in faith but look at the next part not having received the promises I thought you would heal me Moses could say I thought you said you're going to give me the promised land I didn't step into it I died he died in, in the wilderness these died in faith not receiving the promises Can you actually have a faith so faithful till you die, even if you didn't receive the promise, you would still believe? These are people, it said, they died still believing, but they didn't get what they were believing for. Wow. These people died in faith. You know, it's a lot better to die in faith than to die in doubt. In other words, these are people, you're lying in the hospital bed, there's tubes and the doctors have done everything and you're saying, I'm going to keep believing God's going to heal me, I'm going to keep believing God's going to heal me uh, until, until you just flatline, Code blue, all the nurses and doctors are running in and you died, but you didn't die in doubt, you didn't die anxious, you didn't die worrying, you didn't die doubting, you died in faith. That God's going to heal me. And He didn't heal you. He didn't give the promise. And you died, but you died in faith. You wake up, of course, you're in heaven. You can't say, hey God, how come you didn't heal me? It's beautiful here, but how come you didn't heal me? You want to go back down there? Heaven's a better miracle. You see, you can pray and want an answer, and maybe God will never answer your prayer because God might say I got a better reason to answer for you the thing that you're asking for is not what I want to give you I want to give you something else is it possible that the thing you and I are praying for we will actually never get an answer from God and he's telling you can you just be still just let it go keep believing but let it go give it into my hands and let it go you know why some of us never get peace because we want the answer so much but I want, to, I want you to realize something that our God is more interested in you knowing him than you receiving the answer be still and know that I am God he wants you and him to get to know each other The relationship that you have with him is more important to him than the thing that you and I are praying for. He didn't say, be still and I'll give you the answer. He said, be still and know that I am God. And these people died in faith, did not receive the promise. That's a pretty sad ending to a story of faith. In other words... I'm standing here telling you right now, you that are worried and anxious and feeling helpless and feeling hopeless, here's the news. Keep believing, but you might not get the answer. Keep believing till you die even though you won't get the answer. Do you realize how much faith that takes to actually die believing still, knowing you might not get the answer? but Lord, I really need an answer from you. I really need to pay my bills. We're going to lose the house. I'm going to lose the business. God, my family's going to be messed up if you don't answer. And I'm going to keep believing, Lord, you're going to answer. And then God doesn't answer. And disaster happens. But you died in faith. There were Christians that were tortured and they prayed to God, Lord, they're going to chop my head off tomorrow. Please save me. You are Savior. Your word says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so I'm calling on that promise. Please don't let them chop off my head tomorrow. These died in faith. There were martyrs tortured in prisons by Romans. And every every group that hated Christians after that, they've been torturing Christians all the time, and there were people who died, never got an answer, but they died in faith. So if you're sitting there thinking today, I'm coming to church because I get inspired and I feel good, we're coming to you to say, you might never get an answer to your prayer because to him, Knowing Him is more important to the answer you're seeking. And you just might die in faith. You just might lose the house in faith. You just might end up single till you die in faith. But at least you can say, I died in faith. I never doubted. I never wavered. And list my name down in the roster of the Hall of Famers. Rather than be a Christian that keeps running to a God and gets answers and runs again and gets answers and then the day you don't get answers get angry at God have you seen somebody angry at God I've seen people who are actually angry at God what kind of God are you answers that's not the goal of God to give you and me answers His goal is relationships He wants you and him to get to know each other. And he's telling you, be still. Lastly, a person drowning, panicking already. You know, you can picture that in your mind. I don't need to show you a video, say a picture's worth a thousand words. You have enough of an imagination. Exhausted, cried out, choking in water already. You jump in, to save the person. Do you know how dangerous it is to save a drowning person? They are so desperate. They have no logic. All they care about is they grab hold of something. And if they were to come, if you have long hair, they'll wrap their hands around your hair, drag you down with them. You'll drown together. I would be a good lifesaver. Nothing to hold on to. But if they grabbed onto my ear, If that's all they could grab on, that person will not let go of the ear because to them, that's that's their survival right there. And sometimes it's safer for the person to actually almost be semi-conscious or just come to the person, knock them out so that you can grab them from behind and swim back to shore because one of the hardest things to do, even if you're a strong swimmer, they said, is to grab a person who's still fighting, trying to save himself. Sometimes the thing you're going through, God's intention is to knock you out because you just won't let go. You won't be still. You're trying to do it all by yourself. And sometimes God's saying, look, this trial that you're crying about, let me add some more trials so it'll knock you out so I can really save you. And you and I can get to know each other so that you can have that embrace As you let go of the branch, fall into your heavenly Father's arms and know, I got you, Joe. I got your back. There is a God who will walk through the valley of the shadow of death with you. But you just might die. You just might not get healed. You just might lose the business. Your health might just fail you. But you can never come to God and say, how come you didn't do this and do that? Because He will answer to you, I'm not obligated to your needs. I am obligated to you and me having a relationship. So today, while you're sitting there, maybe you came to church to get your spiritual shot of high because you're so addicted to feeling good in church. We're here to say to you today, you just might go out and the thing you fear the most just might actually happen but stay in faith die not in doubt but die in faith be still and know that I am God didn't say be still and then I'll give you the answer be still because my priority in your life is you get to know me says the Lord